When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week when we get into the stat of the week that a little bit of a spoiler alert, it disproves a major Tony Pollard narrative. So uh, stay around for you to hear that stat. I think that it's an impressive one. Let's get right into it, though, before we begin here. Let's get right into it. Let's get into the NFC. And let me ask you a question right now on the Facebook chat and on the YouTube chat. Where would you rank the Cowboys right now in the NFC? It's a tough conference to figure out. I'm not even going to lie. You know, you, you, you look at things on the other side of the NFL. And you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, you know, with the Bills on top right now, the way that they're playing. And they are miles ahead of any other team in that conference. But you look at the NFC and it's tougher to figure that one out because, yeah, the Eagles are 7-0, but I'm not sure that NFL fans feel as confident on them as we do with the Bills and the Chiefs, mainly because of the quarterback situation, the coaching situation, and maybe even the consistency over the past few seasons. Uh, the Bills and the Chiefs have been main characters in the NFL for a while now. And then you, you do see some contenders in there, like maybe the Cincinnati Bengals, they have a lot to figure out. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are slowly, slowly but surely trying to find that rhythm offensively and that balance between their rushing offense and their passing offense. But just you clearly see who's ahead of them. In the NFC, I don't think that's the case. And, and the thing about the NFC is that I think that it's even harder to figure out who follows the Philadelphia Eagles at uh, who are at number one because they're 7-0, likely. I would understand if somebody wants to make the argument that the Philadelphia Eagles are not number one, but it's a tough case to make because they're playing very good football at this moment and they are undefeated. So it makes it tougher. And I think that one of the biggest reasons why it makes it tougher is that consistency year over year that we just talked about with the Bills and the Chiefs. If the Packers were looking like a decent football team, or the Buccaneers were, or the LA Rams were, maybe we would think that we had a better grip on who these NFC teams are. But since none of those three are really looking well right now, they're looking quite disappointing, each and every one of those squads, it's tougher to figure out because these are quote-unquote new kids on the block right? You've got the Cowboys uh, that are tough to figure out because we've seen 
three weeks worth of Dak Prescott Cowboy football. And then you get the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins that they have been on and off over the past few years. You get the San Francisco 49ers that have always seemed to be around the conversation but never gotten the credit because of who plays quarterback for them, maybe. So it's just tough. So let's see. The question from, from me to you, where would you rank the Cowboys in the NFC? And shout out to Six to Midnight saying we got to get Mo's views up. Thank you for that, Six to Midnight. And also to Kenneth Fraser for sharing the video over at Facebook. I appreciate it. But let's see some of your – oh, Joe as well from Italy. Uh, let's see some of your answers here, though. Gregory goes with second in the NFC. Six to Midnight says third until we beat the Burns. And, and Six to Midnight, I would be curious there. Because uh, from what I can see, you've got the Eagles ahead of the Cowboys, but who else? Uh, I would be curious there. Second only behind Philly for now. Kenneth goes with number three. Third or fourth for Floyd Wright. Let's see, fourth for Joe watching from Italy. Oh, here we go. 49ers are number one. I don't care what the records say. So six to midnight. I think that's a fair argument. Uh, Gregory says, I think that the San Francisco 49ers are more scary than the Bucks. Let's see. Uh, two for Ed. At this time, says Jack, third. So from what I can see here in the Facebook chat and the and the YouTube chat, we are mostly split between number two and number three. I don't think that anyone is going to say number one right now. Uh, David says first, till Philly bears Dak, beats Dak. Okay, okay, David. I think, I think that's even more fair than it appears to uh, at first sight, than it appears then at first sight. But let me share with you my rankings for the top four teams in the NFC at this moment. And I have at number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. And I have the Cowboys at number two. That's not a surprise. You can see it uh, on the title of the video. But let's get into the reasons why. Rounding up my top four, you get the San Francisco 49ers and you get the Minnesota Vikings. Let's talk about the biggest trend for each of these teams. Let's talk about the biggest weakness for each of these teams. And then let me tell you my two biggest reasons why Dallas is the second best team right now in the conference. Let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Their biggest strength, man, it's got to be their offensive line. It's the best in football. And when you look at their offense, it's really a kind of simple offense. They will run right at you and they will run a lot of solid time-tested concepts on offense. They will not do anything too crazy. They will not play... Uh, some of these crazy routes that you see from the Chiefs or from the Bills. They will just run RPO stuff. They will get Jalen Hurts on the move, bootlegs, you know, all of that. And Jalen Hurts can throw the deep ball behind that offensive line. Now, I will tell you something. I don't think that Jalen Hurts' deep passing game has ever been in question. I think that what's really been in question has been his ability to face the blitz, to find answers, to have hot routes, to throw hot, and all of that kind of uh, little things quarterback, uh, little things that quarterbacks need to do. I don't think that it's never been about him throwing the ball deep because I've seen some people trying to push that narrative that, oh, you know, Jalen Hurts is throwing deep even though people said that he couldn't. I don't think that's the case, uh, especially when we're talking about throws over the sideline. I don't think that anyone doubted that that was on Jalen's toolbox. But yeah, that offensive line, though, uh, the best thing about that offense, for sure, it allows Nick Sirianni to keep things simple for his team, and they can just go out there and beat you by being better than you in the trenches. 
The biggest weakness for the Eagles, man, I couldn't think of anything. And that's what's scary about Philadelphia, in my opinion. You could be maybe, you know, you could nitpick a little bit and say, oh, their schedule has been easy. Their schedule will remain easy. So we don't we won't know who they are until the playoffs. But I don't want to put a weakness in there when it's something that they literally can't control. They cannot control who they play. They can just control bidding who they play. And they have done so, you know, in convincing fashion. They just blasted the, the Pittsburgh Steelers last week like the Buffalo Bills did when they faced them. They have played some dominant football for most of the season. So I'm not going to put that as a weakness for the, for the Eagles. I also thought of putting what we have talked about of facing the blitz in there because Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, has yet to prove that. But also, he's played well enough for me to not want to put Jalen Hurts as the biggest weakness for, for the Philadelphia Eagles because that wouldn't really make a lot of sense. Maybe we can still talk about how that's the weakness that you need to exploit when facing the Eagles quarterback, but it's not nearly bad enough for us to put that down as the biggest weakness for the Eagles. So I will say that that's perhaps one of the scariest thing about Phillies. I cannot think of a single weakness that I could point out and say, oh, this is what's going to get them. I can't. They have a good defensive line. Position by position, they have one of the best rosters in the NFL. I think that if you're ranking rosters right now, you could say that the Eagles have the best one in the league, even over the Buffalo Bills, especially because the Bills do not have a super good offensive line. So I got to give them that respect. I don't think that Philly has one glaring weakness, which is scary. Will a better team maybe shed light on what is their biggest weakness that we maybe have not seen yet? Maybe, but at least on paper, I cannot think of where. Toxic Tom says, uh, second half performance, that might be it. That might be it. And even that, I would have to like uh, check some of the numbers because I've seen this trend of, you know, them scoring in the second quarter and just that. But I, I would have to check out like the efficiency numbers and all of that in order to, to be convinced about that one toxic. I don't know, maybe you have, but I would wonder about that one. That, that's an interesting one. David says Jalen versus a great defense and having to score. John says inexperience is their weakness. That could be that could be a fair one. Hertz has to go RPO against us, is Samuel Rowe. Uh, the thing is. They can, they can go RPO and they can do it well. So I don't think that them having to, I don't think that them having to run RPO is a weakness. Uh, the fact that they can do it so, so efficiently is part of what's scary. Bruce says, Mo, even in the boys game at Philly, they had an explosive second quarter and nothing else, says Bruce. That's one, that one is definitely interesting. And I would have to, you know, put together a deeper dive into what has gotten the Eagles in those situations, because that's a crazy stat. You know, the one that they are the highest scoring team in the NFL in the second quarter, and then one of the least scoring teams in, in the other three. That's, that's some crazy stuff. 
Joe says, I am watching you and watching my Houston Astros right now. Shout out to Joe. Thank you for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. Uh, even more so when your team is playing game three of the World Series, uh, game four of the World Series. That's crazier. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Eagles special teams to Samuel Rope. That, that's definitely their biggest weakness. Didn't want to include it right now. I did think about it, especially because they're like 28 in DVOA or something like that, but didn't feel as tangible to me. Maybe you can uh, criticize me as a casual to, to put it that way. But anyways, uh, yeah, the Eagles are number one. I don't think I, I don't think they have a big weakness that I'm scared about. But the Cowboys are at number two. Their biggest strength, uh, strength I think you already know this, but I would say their pass rush. Uh, it's crazy how good their players are up front. But even pass rush could be selling it short because I'm not only talking about the players. I am talking about uh, Dan Quinn and how he deploys his weapons. And, you know, in week three, we had a specific take here on primetime. And we saw that the Cowboys pass rush could be the most dangerous unit in the entire NFL. And at the time, maybe it felt like it was a little bit too soon. Some of you will remember that we had that conversation. I feel pretty good about that take. I don't know if there is a scariest uh, a, a scarier unit around the league other than the Cowboys pass rush especially when you take into account Dan Queen's designs on their pressure packages because yeah I know that Dallas is not one of the heaviest blitzing teams in the NFL but when they do it is timely it is dangerous and it always has a goal and remember one of the golden rules in football has to be don't blitz just to blitz. When you blitz, you're trying to exploit a specific weakness, and the Cowboys have done that as consistently as any other team in the NFL, which is maybe why they're one of the teams that has the highest stunt rate up front. Dan Queen just knows where to attack you, and that is a game changer to me. Uh, weakness, I, would, I will say third down offense. The Cowboys still rank in the bottom 12 in this category, which is obviously not ideal, somewhere that they something that they need to get better. And versus the Chicago Bears, they were nine of eleven on third down. So obviously that will that that could improve down the road. But even with that performance, there is still a bottom 12 team in the league. Of course, Cooper Rush was manning the offense for most of the season. So Maybe under Dak, that changes a lot moving forward. Hopefully that is the case. But the key for that is to remain aggressive on first and second down in order to not face third and seven consistently or third and tenth situations. Uh, hopefully they're able to avoid that. Then I, I have the 49ers at number three. And, I, and to me, it's more or less a tie between the Cowboys and the Niners. I, I would have to say that maybe they're tied at number two. Uh, but I didn't want to ride the fence that way, so I put the 49ers at number three. Their biggest strength, obviously, Cal Chanahan and the way that he schemes things up. You know, he's labeled as an outside zone coach, but they do so much more in that offense. It's crazy. And now he's got better playmakers. Last year, it was Debo Samuel. It was Brandon Ayuk. But Christian McCaffrey in there is just a very dangerous proposition. I was seeing a stat earlier this morning in which it was revealed that McCaffrey had one of the highest touch rates of his career in his 
first the game for the 49ers with a full week of practice because uh, that a game versus the, uh, you know, uh, that last week's game, I don't count that. The, the first one for McCaffrey, that he arrived there uh, versus the Rams, middle of the week. I think that he showed up in practice Friday for the first time. So obviously his performance was not going to be great. But now that he was back with a full week of practice, McCaffrey had one of the highest touch rates of his career for a single game. That goes to show you just how much Kyle Shanahan is planning to use C-Mac. And when they get Debo Samuel back, when he comes back from injury, it's a dangerous team. And we saw firsthand how dangerous those skimmed runs can be in the playoffs. And that's definitely a concern. Uh, how would you match up against a team that's physical, that's solid in its concepts? But their weakness, obviously, uh, Jimmy G. Out of the four teams that we have here in my top four, uh, Jimmy G might be the, the worst. And make no mistake about it. He makes Cal Tenahan's scheme work. Whenever Jimmy G has been healthy for Tenahan's teams, he's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the entire league. And that's been consistent too. But there's no denying that he is limited, uh, that the 49ers cannot do everything that they want with him, which is the reason why they drafted Trey Lance. But anyways, at number four, I wasn't sure about adding the Vikings to my top four, but their record kind of demands it. They're six and one, eight and nine weeks into the season. So I will say that their biggest strength is the rush offense. They really do a lot of things in the running game, a lot of concepts. They can run inside, they can run outside, and they're efficient with it. They're one of the top two teams in plenty of categories in their rushing efficiency. So you got to give them some love there. And my the thing that I don't like about Minnesota, we could call it a weakness, or maybe we could talk about it being a little bit more circumstantial. They play a lot of close games. Out of their six wins, five have been one possession wins. And that that never bodes well for NFL teams. When you cannot put teams away and when you are consistently having to win close games, uh, we've seen regression before. And that's the reason why many of us question the New York Giants, for example, who maybe some, of, some people would have here uh, because of their record but I cannot get in the Giants bandwagon just yet. I, I'm not going to include them there. I don't think that they make the playoffs. And if Giants fans are watching right now and they're starting to get mad, let me at least add this. I am scared. As a Cowboys follower, I am pretty scared about where the Giants are headed. Brian Dable is doing a heck of a job. Just not in 2022 for some reason. I don't think that... The Giants have the offensive line. I don't think that they have the defense. So I will say that. I, I will say that uh, the Giants maybe are a team that I would sell stock on at this point of the season. Gregory says, Mo, who do you think has the best special teams? Out of these four teams, that's a good one. That is a good one. I would, I would need to really dive into the numbers. But just like uh, first impression, I would have to say that maybe the Cowboys are in that conversation. We know that the Eagles are not it. We know that. We can dismiss them entirely. I would need to dive a little bit deeper into the Vikings and the 
and the 49ers and how they have fared. But if I had to guess, I would say that the Cowboys have the best unit there and then maybe the Vikings because I remember hearing about the 49ers having some of those issues as well. Let's see. Now, that's a good point from uh, from Russell. I would be shocked if they don't make the playoffs too easy of a schedule. That is true. I will give you that, Russell. Especially when the AFC South literally doesn't have a, a good team right now, or at least not a clear-cut favorite. Let's see. Bears are the number one rushing team because of Justin Fields. They ran on the edges against an, an over-pursuing defense is Cody Oliver. And as you guys know, we saw that firsthand too when the Cowboys played a Bears and we saw even the Marcus Lawrence make some of those mistakes in the over-pursuing department and maybe not really staying disciplined versus Justin Fields, even though you needed to. And we criticized that a lot about the loss game earlier in the week. So let's get into those two reasons why the Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC right now. That's that's where I see that's where I see the uh, the NFC and where it stands right now. You guys saw the Canelo frame in there uh, in the blooper, but the two reasons why I would have the Cowboys as the second best team in the NFC, obviously the pass rush, what we just talked about, I think that that is a team that can generate a lot of mismatches even against offensive lines like the one that Philly has. Maybe not talent wise. But I do trust Dan Quinn to put Micah Parsons, to put Marcus Lawrence, Oza, and his best players in isolated one-on-one situations. Or maybe he can do enough to confuse Jalen Hurts, like he did, in my opinion, in that first game against the Eagles, even though it didn't show up on the scoreboard at the end. But we saw a little bit of a confused Jalen Hurts here and there when Dan Quinn turned up the heat. So that's number one. But number two... We talked about Jimmy G being the worst quarterback out of those top four teams, at least in my rankings. Wouldn't you agree that Dak Prescott is the best out of these four? Because you can make the argument that even though they are struggling right now, that Aaron Rodgers than Tom Brady are still better options at quarterback. I wouldn't get mad at that argument. But those three teams, uh, the Packers, the Box, and even the LA Rams are dealing with a lot of stuff right now. If they were looking hot like the 49ers are or like the Eagles are, maybe I wouldn't feel as confident about Dallas having one of the best quarterbacks among the real contenders. But considering everything that's going on with each of those teams, I feel very confident about where the Cowboys are at regarding the quarterback situation. I would take Dak over Jalen Hurts any day of the week. The same with Jimmy G and the same with Kirk Cousins, even though I am higher on Kirk Cousins than maybe the average NFL fan. I like the guy. I think that he's a good quarterback and a little bit underrated. But Dak has to be the best one out of these four by a wide margin and that matters because surely the Cowboys didn't trade for Brandon Cooks or for Chase Claypool or for whichever other wide receiver that was on Cowboys Nation's radar but you do have Dak Prescott 
you have a guy that can really elevate some of those receivers. And I don't think that's the case for many of these quarterbacks here. Once more, you can make the argument for Rodgers, for Tom Brady. But right now, right now, those two are in very bad situations. And by the way, this leads me to another question that I had in line for you, which is which of Green Bay, Tampa Bay, or L.A. has the highest chance of bouncing back? Who do you think out of those three, the three teams that arrived at this season as the favorites? As the favorites. Which of those bounces back or which of those has the highest chance of bouncing back? The Bucs have had a lot of problems with personnel. They have been hurt. And listen, the Packers are also dealing with injuries. The same with the Rams. But the team out of those three that has truly been hurt is Tampa Bay. They were the third most hurt team according to Pro Football Focus metric, which is wins above replacement Uh, Games lost based on wins above replacement. And Tampa has a third highest team in terms of injury, the third most injured team, uh, while the Packers and the Rams are like in the bottom seven or in the bottom nine. So they really have not dealt with a lot of injuries as the box have. And that's maybe why a lot of people in the chat are going with Tampa. Floyd writes as Tampa Bay. Gregory goes with Tampa. Toxic Tom goes with Tampa. Six to midnight as well. I will tell you what. I think that I agree. I don't know. I go back and forth on this one. Here's the thing. I'm figuring it out as I speak. I think that Tampa has the highest chance of bouncing back this season in terms of where they're going to get because they might win the AFC South even though they have a losing record after eight weeks of action. Uh, you know, they they play in a division in which You get the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Atlanta Falcons, who have exceeded expectations significantly, but they're in an easy division. The Packers are going to have a tough go at the Vikings because they already have a significant lead over them. But in terms of which offense clicks first, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Green Bay's because I trust Matt LaFleur a little bit more to solve that issue because his offensive scheme really does try to make life easier on his quarterbacks, whereas I don't think that that's the case with Byron Leftwich. I think that Byron Leftwich offensive scheme is more about let's be better than our opponent and really not about giving your signal caller easy answers. That's more or less where I am at. I think that season-wise, Tampa is the answer. I think that offensively and who makes who makes it click before I might lean towards the towards the Green Bay Packers in there. But my official answer has to be the Tampa Bay Bucks. David goes with the Rams. What I what concerns me about the Rams, and Dallas Cowboys 92 also says the Rams, uh, even though uh, I think it's a fair answer, what concerns me about them is the division that they play. They get the 49ers in there. They also have the Cardinals and the Seahawks. So tough stuff in there. But also, I would say... The fact that I, that offensive line, <coughs> that offensive line, excuse me, is probably not getting a lot better. And that's not great for LA. They don't have a, a, a lot of players waiting to return from injury up front. 
they're just bad. That offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL. And then on defense, they re they're really hurting after Von Miller's departure. They're not getting to the quarterback. And the one guy that it seems like you need to worry about is Aaron Donald. Other than that, you're going to be okay versus that defensive line. Scotty says Bucks because of the division. The division is trash. Gregory says now flip the coin to defenses, Gregory. And in that sense, I would say that, yeah, the, the Bucks have the best defense maybe out of those three. So that's another angle. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, it is time for the stat of the week. And this stat of the week specifically, this proves a narrative that some people are trying to push regarding Tawny Pollard and the Cowboys running back. So let's get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. That is right. It is time for the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. And this time we're going to talk about the Cowboys running backs. Tony Pollard blew up against the Chicago Bears on Sunday. They put 49 points on the board as Pollard ran for 131 yards. And now the conversation is Pollard should be the number one running back. And that's very, very true and fair, in my opinion. And one of the reasons why it is true is what he has been able to do based on the situations that he has faced. Because if you are a Cowboys fan, you have probably heard this by now. Tony Pollard gets better looks because he's not Ezekiel Elliott. And when he's on the field, teams are not expecting the Cowboys to pound the rock. However... Pollard is the number one running back in the NFL, according to next-gen stats, in rush yards over expectation per rush attempt. That means that Tony Pollard gets more yards each attempt compared to what the average running back would get, depending on the situation, which includes down distance, the defensive look that, they, that he's getting. He's number one in that category, and he is in the top 12 in rate of runs versus defensive box with eight players or more. So that storyline about Pollard not facing loaded boxes couldn't be more false. He is in the top 12 in the NFL in that category. Ezekiel Elliott is not. So if you're looking for another reason why Tony Pollard should be starting for Kellen Moore's offense, this is one of them. Probably one of the biggest ones. And earlier in the week, we have talked about him not only being better in EPA per play and stuff like that, that measures how big of a player you're getting, but also just in playing success rate. Pollard is number three in the NFL in success rate. Ezekiel Elliott is number 27. This means that it's not only about the explosive plays anymore. This time, it is also about just moving the chains or getting a six-yard gain on first down or a seven-yard gain on second down, Pollard should be the number one running back of the Dallas Cowboys. All of that being said, I do have a question for you. Do you think that the Cowboys will make Pollard the number one guy at the position or not? Nah? Let me know in the comments. Not if, not if they should. Do you think that they will? Yes or no? While you give me your answers, and before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends that are bringing you the stat of the week. 
freemanmazda.net and the write-off of the week, which is the 2023 Mazda CX-30 Carbon Edition. Hear me out. This one starts at $30,290. It's got all-wheel drive, auto climate control, a sunroof, heated leather, memory power setting, and of course, blind spot monitor for your safety. It comes with a miles per gallon capacity of 24 when you are in the city. That goes up all the way to 31 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check this one out. You can check out the pictures of the inside, the outside of the vehicle over at FreemanMazda.net. And remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. There you go. That's a Freeman Mazda stat of the week. Let's see some of your answers here. Do you think the Cowboys will cave? Do you think they will give in and make Pollard the number one guy? Nah, it's a six to midnight. Toxic Tom as well. Uh, Russell says next year, but not this one. Uh, Cowboys 92 says no. Yes for Gregory. Some hope there. Peter Rizzo says no. Uh, Floyd says nah, Jerry's too hard. Uh, too hard-headed to have Pollard at the number one. They should, but no. Six to midnight says he's been a better runner for three years now. If it hasn't changed by now, it never will. I agree with you. I say that they they won't do it. Uh, if you want a silver lining, though, as I talked about earlier in the week, I don't think that the difference would be that massive. Whoever starts for this team is getting about four more carries or something like that. I don't think that it would be a, a massive difference that it would really make the Cowboys offense skyrocket. However, because of this explosive plays, maybe those five rush attempts or something like that uh, can be a game changer, especially when Pollard is exploding the way that he is. He had four runs over 10 yards versus the Chicago Bears. Those, those, those change games. Toxic Tom says, our biggest weakness is ownership because they won't start Pollard over sick. And, you know, the first thing that Jerry Jones said after the win over the Bears was, now we go as sick goes. And that kind of sucks because the answer that you want is not even, yeah, Pollard is our new running back one. That's not what you want to hear from Jerry Jones either. What you want to hear on an ideal world is, you know, I trust, I trust McCarthy. I trust the coaching staff to figure that one out. I don't make those decisions. Now, that would be music to Cowboys Nation's ears. But the fact that uh, right, right after that win, the comment was, oh, no, not, not a chance. Yeah, we go as sick goes. Come on. Uh, that's that's kind of disappointing, as always. But as I said on Sunday night, and I will say it again, I will enjoy just seeing those two running backs go at it because make no mistake about it. Even though Pollard is killing it, Sick is also kind of killing it. He's been good. He's been good for this team, especially uh, because of the situation that he has been in. Uh, maybe not as clear from the stat sheet, but the Cowboys have asked him to to pound the rock a lot in certain situations, and he's been he's been good for the Cowboys this year. I don't think that he can really make the argument that he has not been good. So I'm happy about the duo. I think that we will see a lot of results over the next few weeks. And it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. It's a great problem to have since 6 to midnight. They both have their positives, but I can't help think of all the yards we miss out on by giving the ball to Sick more than Tony Pollard. And some people will say, 
oh, it's because uh, Six fits the style of what the Cowboys want to do offensively. Well, if he does, and if that's the case, shouldn't you change the style? Shouldn't you give the, the most explosive style the priority on your offense? So it's a controversial conversation for sure. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for us tonight on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I appreciate you joining me on this Wednesday night. It is a bye week, but still tomorrow we will have a lot to talk about here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. So make sure you tune in at 8 p.m. Central. Do me a favor before you leave. Hit the like button. Hit the thumbs up because every single like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And if you enjoy the content, the biggest thing that you can do to support the show is take one second to hit that button. Hit that like. Get this show in front of more Cowboys fans. Help me out with the algorithm. And of course, I will see you tomorrow. As always, shout out to those who are in the room. Uh, Tommy915, Floyd, Gregory, Toxic Tom, Rod as well. Thank you, everybody, for joining the show. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Jueves. Adios. Serie Mundial. Bye-bye.